Hello everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we take some science and squish it into an hour-long show, hopefully making it less confusing than it was at the beginning. This week we are returning to the topic of generative AI, chat, GPT, all of the AI good stuff. Um, so yeah, if you want to check out more, you can head to Twitter and TikTok, both at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod, and of course, whichever directory you're listening to this on. If you could give us a like, a share, a rating, a comment, whatever you are able to do, it helps us out absolutely massively. I'm Tom Jenks, joined as per usual by Mitchell Gatting. How are you, mate? Um, I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, good. It's been a busy week? It has been an incredibly busy week in both of the Mitchell Gatting households, purely because we... There was a... Imagine a Venn diagram overlap of two different locations. And it's that okay. state of, like, when you move... You currently, you occupy uh, you right. occupy both, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Now we are as of um, fifteen minutes ago, uh, we are done with the first location. So we actually fully moved out. We've got nothing to do with that previous location. We are now in a new abode. Na, na, na. Hey. Boxes. So like fifteen minutes ago, you took out the last things from no, the no, other like, house, uh, or like the lease ended. The lease ended and. By 4 p.m. on today, it was like okay. we had to hand in the keys in by then. But we, we handed the keys in on Wednesday, so, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we, essentially it was we went up and we cleaned everything, got everything sorted, packed everything up on Sunday. And then yeah. Tuesday night we went back up to the last final things, cleaned the carpet, that kind of that kind of jazz. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, got a, got a proper carpet cleaner out to do it. Uh, yeah, and then for for I hate moving. Been, Oh, I absolutely hate it as well. I've got too <laughs> I've much I've done it like stuff. seven times in the last six months. <laughs> like, it's when, it's when I it's, just do my head in. Oh, yeah, like I've got, there's too many books. There's too much tech stuff. Like I I, I thought about just setting, I've got like um the steering wheel and oh, like, yeah. uh, pedals for like a gaming PC for, for, for gaming. And I was like, I don't want to move this again. It's so <laughs> bad. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things. Do you know, when I bought them, I I got three at the same time. Three what? Uh, steering wheels, steering wheels, and pedals. Yeah. Oh. So I went to this lady's house in Bristol, uh, who was selling them, and she was just like, "Yeah, no, my I'm selling all three. And it was such a harrowing story. And I was like, "You don't have to make me feel guilty. I'll I'll buy it all of them." But essentially, <laughs> but essentially her husband used to play with their two sons. And they used to set right. it up. They had a really long piece of wood that they sat. They put across their their sofa. So they they okay. all had all three of them playing at the same time. And she was like, "Well, now my husband's passed, and you know my two sons have gone off to college or whatever, so it doesn't get used anymore. So I'm selling it." And I'm like, oh, "I'll buy it. Yeah, it made me feel bad. Like I'll just." <laughs> so I bought it. <laughs> A bit um, cheaper with some mental scarring, mental. Yeah, that, that was the trauma. case. It was like that yeah. was the discount. It was the trauma discount. Um, Bloody hell! But yeah. Oh well, if you want to sling one up to Scotland, mate. I'm, oh no, I already uh, already slung them to other people and sold one of them. Darn so, it! It's apologies. No, that's fair. Uh, no, absolutely fair enough. I, I I've only just arrived back in the country, so yeah, I was not. And also, I was not lugging three of them things around. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> the biggest um, thing for me was actually board games. I know we've talked about board games before. Oh yeah, but I was like, oh, I just You've put got all my board games. You've got quite a collection, games. didn't you? 
all my board games in one box and then we'll just shift the box i did that and then couldn't lift said box so i was like right <laughs> just i'm gonna throw have to, it back out yeah i got to distribute the the board games to like five to six different boxes and put other things in it yeah same That's with like funny. books grace and i put all of our books in like one box and realized it was way too heavy so i had to do the same thing that's <laughs> sad yeah uh, so I realized that when I was moving on my D&D stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. I have got way too many dice. Yeah, I have that. got lots of books. Mm-hmm. I have got lots of like rolling mats and things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's funny. We yeah, had our nice. Christmas leaving party at uni. And one of my lecturer's sons was there, who's really into D&D. So we started speaking. And then I had half of the lecturers around the uni in my building listening to me speak about Dungeons and Dragons with a 13 year old <laughs> just like, I, I bet yes. that was a good impression <laughs> yes do it join the dark side so now we're getting a now we're getting a university Dungeons and Dragons game going apparently oh, that's, that's, that's a good outcome that. though that's, that's a good yeah outcome. I guess so yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. that'll be funny I'll, yeah. I'll provide updates when they happen um, I always find Christmas. like people at uni and like scientists at uh, and people in education normally make really good D and Ders. Oh yeah, because they and understand it's be super like, nerdy as well. Like, it's going to be like scientifically accurate D and D. Oh, that's that's always great when you can like I say, create or destroy water, and you destroy water within someone. Yeah, and then make, and then, then have to like make the argument that a human is a container, and that by definition <laughs> the, 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 the the rules dictate that 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 should work. Yes. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to quickly apologise. The show's coming out maybe a day and a half late. Yes, that's um, that my, my fault. Well, it's not, not not completely your fault. I mean, you've been a bit. You've been a busy person moving around. Yeah. Things, so this is know? this is like a massive gripe of mine. When you move house and you contact your internet company and you go, "So I'm moving house. What do I need to do?" And they're like, "Oh, there's a quick start kit. All you have to do is go in and plug in your router." or modem or whatever you got. Uh, and then you move to the place and there's no plug to plug your router into. And then you have to phone them up and be like, we need a, a socket. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the earliest an engineer can come out is six days time. And you're like, blow me down. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, we had that here. My housemate arrived and I think we had to wait a week. Yeah, a week. Yeah. Yeah. And uh... all he did was put a plug on a wall which was it was interesting because uh a i should have got a different router so the so i plugged the router the in i say it's the modem into the wall via the fiber and it should have worked but because i didn't have a different router and the router's locked different areas if you didn't know just a breakdown of tech which i found out talking to the guy i thought was quite interesting uh routers are locked to areas and they have oh. an they have an area code. This is just for Virgin. I'm not sure if like BT, but they probably do it. So you can't like set it or give it to someone in a different area because it just won't work. Um, right. So they have to reset it or just give you a new router. So my router wouldn't work anyway because they didn't reset the area code. So that would have been an issue. But essentially, it could have worked if they had done that because there was a cable coming out of the wall. But he just made it fancy and nice, which is good. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Well, fair. So so a bit of a pain. You have to wait six days. Yeah. Finish all the Harry Potter. That was... Yes. Yeah, when you say finish, what do you, did you start? And yeah, finish? yeah, we started or... and finished all of them. Oh, good. Technic- technically speaking, we didn't start at the beginning because Grace and her friends had been watching them. So, and I uh, okay. detest watching the first 
two to three, like Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of the Secrets is just. I think they'll I, I always have like a special place in my heart. acting, right? Children acting, but uh, yeah, uh, the acting is not fantastic. So, yeah, so and and also it gets good. In my opinion, they change the tone after. Ooh. Is it got, the Goblet of Fire? The Goblet of Fire is when it gets good. They they change everything. They change like Hagrid's heart. Well, it becomes and, less like yeah. magical and mystical, doesn't it? And it's like, okay, yeah, Harry, you got to like die now. <laughs> yeah. And you're just been, waiting like been, three books for him to like die. You've been bred and then it turns like out that was the key all along to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a Horcrux. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is actually quite good because uh, Grace absolutely loves Harry Potter. I'm I'm into like the new game comes out in february if you didn't know i didn't realize it was so close february yes, 2nd Hogwarts Legacy. so excited it's gonna be great i wonder if there's like cop anyway uh, it got it got into like talking about quidditch. what don't get me fucking started on quidditch i hate quidditch as a fucking concept <laughs> as a as a game design concept it is bad did you ever play harry potter quidditch world Cup yes PS2? and it was absolute so good full because it was the best game i've be ever played 17 points ahead of your opponent or they just got the golden stitch on one and i as a game design that is awful <laughs> that is well so it was like a single player game wasn't it like no, no. it was yeah, basically a challenge did it yeah no yeah we went so right. um, you know Oh, oh, we got a friend called Steve. Hey, Steve, if you're listening. Uh, he's got loads of old games, and he had that. And we went around and played it, and it was the verses. And it was just like, yeah, this whole game, you could just like do nothing for the whole game until like the the Golden Snitch minigame happened. Right. And then it yeah. was like all up to that. And if you just, if you failed that, you failed the game. It was like you lost. Uh, it just gets. But. Going back to what I originally Scatterbrain was all, all about, is talking about how magic works and like why don't they just teach Latin? Because obviously it's Latin, like Wingardium Leviosa is was right. Leviosa is um lifted wing in Latin. And all, all the different spells are just Aloamora is is like illuminate. It, it's just Latin. But what we would do, we always discuss on is like where the power comes from. Is that magic just generally in the air? Are they producing it from within themselves and channeling it? And how does it work? Like, can they get tired from doing magic? Is it like a physical strain? Is it just mental? How does magic work in that universe? Because that's what I like. Oh, I it's, it's, it's like very like I me think, wanting my D and D brain to be like, how does it work? Because can they just keep doing like... magic forever? No, like because you do see like uh, when Harry is training, is it with Slughorn or with Snape? Yeah, um, like he does get tired, or especially Lupin when he's practicing the Patronus spell, like he gets tired. Yeah, especially in, in the books, he does mm-hmm. trying to produce magic. So you got to presume they're expending energy to produce magic. Yeah. But- also, it's like even sometimes Muggles can become wizards, so that means they've got to be able to channel it. Yeah, so that's what, the, that's what the one comes. But if you're good enough, because the, the, the three stages of being learnt in this universe is you have a wand, you make the um, the movement with the wand, and then you say it. That's the first level. Yeah. That's like you're a beginner. Then there's just the movement of the wand, and then you can internalise or visualise the, the words or the meaning, 
and you don't need yeah, to do it. So and then to speak. if you're at a high enough level, which you see uh, Albus Dumbledore when uh, Harry falls off the wand due to, uh, not the wand, his broom, and he's playing Quidditch due to the Dementors, doesn't need the wand. Or to say it, he just puts out his hand and he catches him. Uh, I see. He does yeah. like he does like the um, stop moving spell, which is which, which, no. It, doesn't he say arresto momentum? Oh no, he's yeah, but he's, he he says it, but he doesn't. He use a wand, which it it, it it's either yes. or, I guess, at that point. Um, to add more power to it, I guess. Why I do know. I remember? That's exactly what he said. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the arresto um, momentum is like stop moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So yeah, it's, it's, maybe, it, maybe it's we'll do an episode on a that. full dedicated episode to the floor, the scientific flaws of magic in Harry Potter, or just some of the the plot holes that I have gripes with. <laughs> like, let's... Uh, is this one of those things where you just ruin it for yourself again? No, 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 no. There's a bit like, ah, <laughs> oh, they'll be expecting Harry Potter, so we're all going to turn into Harry Potter. It's like just turn into someone else, and they won't know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> because they're gonna. You know, single out people that look like Harry I Potter. Got to be a, I, I get it. There's a point where you're just like, right, this is the plan that they're doing. So we're like watching their story. Yeah. So, you know, I, ho- I, I, hope, one, I hope Mad Eye hey. came up with that plan and then he died for it. Right, that, that's, is this spoilers? I think he did. Yeah, yeah, that's I know. Yeah, so I'm like, it's, it was his terrible plan and he paid the price for it because it was his J.K. Rowling was writing that going, what a stupid <laughs> plan. I'm going to kill him off. For uh, you said the idea. she who should not be named. You said the name. We don't. We don't say oh. the name. Or if okay. we say the name, we have to spit when we say the name. Yeah. I mean, what an what an asshole! And I'll put that yeah. out there. What an absolute oh, hundred percent tragedy that someone came up oh, with a yeah. brilliant universe and then turned out to be an asshole. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So going oh, back well. to science and news, off the tangent. Yeah, um, Yellowstone. <laughs> Welcome, by the way, to uh, the information. If this is your first episode, and you're like, "This is an AI and Chat GPT," like they said they were going to cover, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get we there. do that sometimes. Uh, tangent, ahoy. Um, actually, first I was going to say thank you for some of our listeners to who uh, reached out to us on Instagram DMs. Uh, I mentioned oh, yeah. that the audio sync. Well. Oh yeah, one side that's of the audio. I only uploaded half of the episode. Yeah, that's my bad. That's me. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. Um, and then we ended up having like quite a good chat about uh, how language works and uh, the use of different phonetics across the globe. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you do DMs reach, always if you, yeah. open. Yeah, if you do reach out, we'll always have a chat. It's always quite interesting. Um, okay, so news: Yellowstone going to blow up. So much, oh, so much it going, is it? So much liquid magma. No, it's actually the opposite. Um, so the the amount of magma they found using new researching abilities that we'll get into uh, is still nowhere near enough to uh, erupt anytime soon. And this is courtesy of a new state-of-the-art seismic images that have given the sharpest pictures yet, which lies underneath Yellowstone, which is quite interesting because they use... Um, Supercomputers and some artificial intelligence to to work out how to do it. So of course, yeah. All roads lead to Rome in this day and age. Um, so to see beneath the surface, scientists used information gleaned from the speeds of different types of seismic waves as they travel through the ground. Uh, seismic waves known they called like S waves. If you're being rad about it, uh, and they're very useful <laughs> when looking for for melt, which is 
the the melted rock. Uh, not just someone being a bit of a downer and sat in the corner being an absolute melt. <laughs> you absolute melt. <laughs> because these waves, they slow down considerably when they encounter uh, liquid, is when they when they go through. So depending on when like the waves hit the sensors, you can tell if someone come like, reaching it slower. And that's how you can tell where the melts are. Um, it's called magma. That's what it, it, the, the official term for, for liquid rock, magma. But only when underground, okay. isn't that right? Yes. Yes, that when, is correct. Because when yeah, it's, it's outside, when it's, it's outside, it's lava when it's in the air. Yeah. yeah. Good to know these things. I remember. I did geolo- uh, geography. I said geology. I didn't do geology. I did geography. Um, <laughs> it's, it's spare time geology. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we started using supercomputers, they scientists would use um, would simply go like point A, point B, and then they would just imagine the yes, wave moving along it. And they would convert that travel time for the wave to a velocity, and then from there estimate how many liquids would be present, how much liquid would be would be present. Um, but as we know, waves don't really move in a line; they radiate outwards and they diffract depending on just not liquid, but different rocks, different. You know, if there's the the ants, the reptilian race that live underground, and they've got shielding, then you know it'll diffract around it. Uh, and when encountering um, any sort of the kind of subsurface feature, official name for it, uh, they could be slowed down. Uh, they might bend and barrel through it depending on movements. So this, you know, causes a lot of comp- computational power, which back in the day they didn't have. But now, tons of it. Got tons of computational power. Um, More than we could ever need. Yeah, well, simulation of a universe, we're not quite there yet. (laughs) Um, So today, those calculations are possible. So Maguire and his colleagues, they went back through and had a look at a new form of full waveform tomography to reanalyze existing seismic data from Yellowstone to feed it back into one of those really quick machines uh, on artificial intelligence to get new data out. And using that, uh, yeah, they found that we're all safe and that the most likely... that's good. Yeah, the most likely scenario is that most of the liquid is isolated and tiny amounts of melt slash magma locked away in different spaces between hardened crystals. So it's not one big pool. They're small individual pools. Um, They can't, you know rule out that there could be large pockets scattered around, but it, it, it's known that it's not going to go bang anytime soon. I mean, it's such a large area anyway. So like, so, yeah. but it's good that you got those initial conclusions that we're, we're safe for now. Yeah. Which is always, it's always good to know that we are safe for now. Yeah. Awesome source. So I think it's interesting what you said, like all roads lead back to Rome and I think it is completely correct with this topic of AI, right? Like, before we loaded up Audacity to start recording, we're like, oh, get the, you know, RTX voice thing on, which uses yeah. artificial intelligence to take out background noise. Like, I can turn the Hoover on if I want. And yeah, that's, should. that's, that's, that, that's what, when I first saw it, that's one of the absolute mind-boggling things. There was a geezer on YouTube who... Bernicles Nerdgasm. Yeah, had a fan because it was like the time that it was really hot in the summer he actually had a fan on his desk between his 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 face and the monitor and then his mic in front of the fan and you could just like not hit the fan at all it is yeah wild. and then he got a leaf blower out didn't he yeah got a leaf blower got a hammer 
Uh, yeah, he was like whacking at the desk, had a leaf blower at the microphone, and it just completely took it out. It's it, it's madness. Really, really cool tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like it must AI is involved in so much of just what we do and what we interface with. We just don't realize a lot of the time what's going on. Yeah, especially like I mean, you're, you're quite tech savvy, so you probably understand more background things than I do. But I'm sure there's so many kind of just things that I use on a daily basis that I have no idea mm-hmm. involve AI in some way. Um, but I wanted to give everyone a bit of a story. So last week we spoke about uh, this topic. So if you want to understand a bit more about how chat GPT and other generative AI kind of works, then you can go check that out. Yeah. Come on back or listen to this, then go back and do that. But I had not used ChatGPT, which is all the rage at the minute, before researching for last week. And I was just a bit like, I don't understand how this would fit into my life. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, one week later, I've used it every single day. <laughs> it is like completely replaced Google for me. Oh, I, yeah, I'm 100% with you this. And I was talking to, to Grace about like the whole, like, why it's, why it's better. And just, I just detest how, like, I, I turned off, because I aggressively use, like, Peer Blocker, uh, which is a program that blocks um, peer-to-peer tracking on, like, your web traffic. Uh, okay. I also use um, IP Vanish, so it's a uh, VPN connection, so people can't track me, especially uh, Virgin, because if you didn't know, and I just found this out, Virgin Media, shame on you. They block um, v- VPN websites now. Oh, really? So you can't even. So I pay for IP Vanish. Got a new computer. I was trying to download it, set it up. I couldn't even access the IP Vanish website because Virgin Media just block it and saying, like, you can use it to access, I don't know, uTorrent. So you can download things because you can access it. They block it. Absolutely fucking atrocious. No, thank you. Get out of here. Um, oh. What'd thought, you do then? As, as a, um, How'd you get it? I downloaded it on my phone and transferred it over to my computer. Oh, that's I was about to say, if you want, I could download it for you yeah. and just like send you it through WeTransfer. Yeah. That's fine. There's, 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 look, look, Virgin, there's ways of getting around it. You just have to use your brain for a little bit. There's no point in blocking it. 100% against that. Yeah. But um, again, and then in Chrome, I use um, uBlocker. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know the one? That is one that I know of. Yeah, yeah. I, use, I use that, essentially. Uh, and still, Google's terrible, and every website you go to is awful. So now I'm just like, I'll just, I just have, like, a new chat open. I'm just like, yeah, just, you know, how do I make an omelette? Best way to pack. Um, the only thing... And the, the thing is... Oh, yeah, sorry. I say the, only, the only thing that is bad about it currently is that it doesn't use up-to-date data from the internet. Yeah, so I think it really depends what you're trying to search for. Like, if you're trying to search for, like, the latest news of the day, <laughs> then yes. it's not going to be great. Yeah. But for kind of, like, general, you know, things that have been around for a long time, like how to make an omelette, yeah. you know, most things you're going to be okay with. It's just, like, current events and news and things like that, I think, that you'll you'll struggle with, or, like, new theories that have come out. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I've just started the analysis for my, my PhD, and I'm just started like putting out some like graphs and things like that to see how my data is. And one of the things I spoke about this quickly last week, it's called ggplot in R. So we use R 
for statistical analysis. Yeah. It's like a program like Python, mm-hmm. but it's really good because it involves coding. So there can be a bit of a steep learning curve there, especially if you've not done coding before and like loading new packages and then seeing how the packages work, which for some reason my brain just sometimes goes, yeah, I'm not interested in understanding that. And I just sit there looking at it for a while. But what I end up doing is like, you know, you you'd normally Google Stack Overflow, like why is my code not working? Or like GitHub, things like this. And you just hope someone's had the same question as you before that's already been answered. Yeah, yeah. But with ChatGPT, you can just specifically ask it, oh, my code isn't working. Or like, what does this function do? Or can you just explain to me how to use ggplot2 in the most effective way? So I've not given it data, obviously. And it, but like it's taught me so much quicker how to use this like really powerful tool than it would be if I'd tried to teach myself or was using Google. Like it's absolutely incredible. And if you go wrong somewhere, you're like, why isn't this working? It's like, oh, this probably, why have you tried this? Yeah. It sped up my workflow so, so fast that I don't have to spend 10, 15 minutes searching for answers. Just, yeah, as I said before, hoping someone's had the same question. Yeah. So good. Uh, absolute madness. Yeah. Like, and if you could input your data, you, you, this is the crazy thing. You can. Though, actually, I can't. I, I can't. Yeah, NDAs, legally, I can't. Legally, you but can't. if I could, but if you could, then, uh, yeah, it would speed it up even they further. They would be amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the crazy, the, literally, the, I saw, I saw it earlier today. The craziest thing I've seen is someone, uh, made, uh, a operating system within chat AI. Okay. And then in that operating system, write wrote Python code to uh just to, to write to print out numbers one to nine and then write that write that uh write like write a little tagline to a file. Yeah. And then could read the file. So it was using like uh Linux, Linux based, so it uses like ls to to see the files, and then yeah. pw pwd to see what's going on. Uh, and this guy was just like, you know, I've got a full like terminal command line operating system within Chat AI. I was like, we're in a simulation, Tom. Yeah, we're getting there. It's madness, now. isn't it? Yeah. Like, and um, the recent so if anyone's following it there's a recent update that they essentially said right chat AI is now gonna not it's gonna reduce the things that it says it can't do yeah I sent you a picture of this didn't y- I you did yeah um, I, it also tells you I don't know if you've seen it before that anyway <laughs> but uh, yeah so it says among other improvements you will notice that chat GPT is now less likely to refuse to answer questions and I was like is this a good thing? Like, if people are using this maliciously? Uh, yeah, so I, I just tried, tested it out. Uh, and a way that you can hack video games is you can inject something called a DLL, which is a dynamic link library. And it okay. essentially like overwrites uh, or modifies features or how things work inside the game. Um, it means essentially... Once you've put it in, you can access the game's memory and then knowing and accessing it, once you work out what does what, you can just modify it to what you what you, what you want to do, really. Right. Uh, so if you know where, say, health is written in the memory, say you're playing Fortnite 
and you're there like um and someone shoots you you can essentially rewrite the damage that you've got you've taken and a bit harder on online games because they have checks and balances to make sure that doesn't happen um but some online games don't do that you can essentially inject this change it so you never take damage and i was like i wonder if it could tell me how to write it and also how to inject it into a game and before it didn't and i've just done it and it's just told me in six nice easy steps how to inject uh a dll into a game so that's mad i'm wondering like if it would if you had absolutely no idea and you just started typing like oh how could i hack a game and it taught you all about dlls before you even knew to ask it that like would it take you from absolutely knowing nothing all the way to the step that you've just got to even though you have prior knowledge <laughs> you know uh, I mean? yeah i've just talked to it it's like hacking a game also known as cheating <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's throwing shade at you yeah throwing shade um what's really 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 interesting and uh, this is all interesting but uh i asked it to write a so there's something called a cap table management which is something to do with grace's work way above my my right. head um but essentially i was like write an article on cap table management and essentially the name of the article is the article that grace wrote apparently no and then was, that's what it was using and she was like yeah no i even used that sentence when i wrote it and i was like ah that's what oh, that's what it's got it's got its details from because it's, it's quite niche it's a quite niche thing yeah um so that's sure. right yeah that's pretty mad yeah um so. and that is that's that touches on a topic that people are pretty well there's mixed reviews at the minute i'd say if we step over to the whole ai generative art world for a second yeah um so i'm sure many people have kind of come across ai art. it's been in the news recently like even like mainstream stuff but there's places like mid journey or yeah, dali 2 yeah. which is the same company as open is open ai isn't it yeah, DALI yeah. 2. um i asked ChatGPT how that works um and it basically was like uh, Midjourney is a program that uses machine learning to generate surrealist paintings. It's trained on a data set of surrealist paintings and then uses that knowledge to generate new paintings based on some input, such as a photograph or text that you can put in. And it uses models known as generative adversarial networks. Yeah. Um, and basically the network is trained to generate new original art whilst the discriminator network is basically these generative adver adversarial networks consist of two neural networks a generator network and a discriminator network the generator network is trained to generate new original art whilst the discriminator network is trained to distinguish between real and generated art and if you can train them to like compete with each other the art just kind of gets better and better yeah because it kind of like trains itself mm -hmm. um i then asked it what dali 2 was and it just hyped it up so much more and i don't know if that's because like I mean, it pretty much said the same thing, but it said it is a high-resolution, uh, capable of generating high-resolution images from text description and is one of the most advanced and sophisticated programs on the market. And I'm wondering, is that because it's got information from a year ago or because it's associated with it, mm -hmm. that it's hyping up its own product? Yeah. Um, either way... A lot of the time, the art here takes that like, inspiration from my like, art that's already out there. It finds on the internet, right? And people have found yeah. like their own watermarks in 
the like new art art. Oh, products. have they? So people are like very angry because it's like, oh, what if? Okay, it's new art pieced together from other images it's found yeah. most of the time. So none none of the pixels are actually new. It's just the way it's put together. Oh new. yeah, but this is like the Thaddeus's ship argument that we've we've had. Theseus's ship. Yeah, Theseus, not yeah. Thaddeus. <laughs> um, so some people are like that argument. They're like, it's not stealing, but some people are like, that is literally my watermark. Yeah. So no, it's 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 a big, big yeah, it's a bit of a debate around area, it. AIR. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's difficult to say where where does ownership end because i would say yeah nobody the ai stuff the the art that's created the person that wrote the 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 prompt that doesn't own that piece of artwork it's like if you took four different pictures and then just slotted them side by side and went that's a new piece of art when you boil it down to the nth degree, that's essentially what the AI is doing. So you just said, like, give me a po- like a picture of a cat, and it's got four different photos, all of cat portraits, cut them all up and then stuck them together. That's And then them saying, like, oh, yeah, no, this is a new piece of artwork. It's like, well, it's not, essentially. <laughs> you've... Okay. Yeah, you've just, like, the four different corners are obviously four different pieces of artwork. So, yeah. yeah, it's like that competition the guy won. He shouldn't have won it. I, I disagree with okay. him with yeah. winning it. It's like that you have different categories in like the Olympics with different things for a reason. Like if you're going to have, a, if you're going to have, if you're going to allow AI art, it has to have its own category. Yeah, that's fair. Because otherwise it's completely unfair on the people that, you know, have learned how to do these things by hand and spend months you know, painting or whatever to, to create them. Yeah, or longer. I mean, like that's a lot of people are like, this is going to kill the whole art scene. But people uh, then people try and like argue back, like, well, it won't because maybe art will just go up in value. Like real art will go up in value. Yeah. Now. Um, I don't know which way it's going to go because I think for the like you know mass production of like I don't know. It's small it's, art, it's postcard, difficult. graphical tees, all of those kinds of things. You know what I mean? That's you've all got, gonna be yeah. AI generated now. Like and especially in the animation industry, you've got like storyboarding. Yeah. And that that kind of thing. And that's a big, big job for people. So yeah, it's gonna be a difficult one. But if you think to like Disney and things like that, I, I know or DreamWorks, I'm pretty sure, like, one of their massive selling points is how it's all, like, hand-drawn, or it used to be, right? Yeah. I, I don't... I don't know enough about the interest to know if, like, internally, if it's all hand-drawn now, still. Um, so, like, I wonder how much they'll switch over to, like, AI stuff, or whether they already have. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Definitely. Anything um, to speed it up, to be honest, because it's not exactly, like, the bit they enjoy. I don't know. It could be the bit they enjoy doing. But like if you're doing like games design and you're like, oh, I just need a generic alien planet 
<laughs> they're like, they're like yeah. there's lots of floor in the background and then I can just draw the ships that we've done for our game and then put it because it's not just one and done you go okay just do the background then I'll draw in I'll photoshop in the the assets that we've got from the game as a quick way of seeing what it would look like so yeah a very rapid way to kind of like as you say like storyboard things or kind of like mock up a this is what it could look like type thing yeah right because you can just generate assets for yourself. And if you've got the pay subscription, you don't have to worry about how many uses you've got left. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And, but if you're if you're working for a company, there's a business license, which is a bit more. It's not just like... Okay. So the unlimited license for like non-business users, I think it's like £14 a month. But then you've got the business license, which is like anything you create, which is so... It's such a legal grey area as well, because it depends what country you are living in. Not where it's created, right. where you are, because you're technically creating it. It says that then you then have ownership uh, of those images, and your profile is private, so no one can access those photos because most people are, it's on a public because it's all about open source. But if if yeah. it's if it's your own, it says it's private. But like, who then actually owns it? Because they I they're, think they're it's saying like that you they own their it. AI has generated it right so they can probably claim ownership but like if you pay for the business nah, end yeah it's, they're basically saying we're transferring that to you when you create yeah them. i'm saying they don't have the right to say that they own it and they are transferring it to you because their ai just trawls the internet and looks for images and bashes them so in in the model well that's, making, like, that's what we come back to yeah, isn't this is it like, so where in, does in like ownership beginning and model making you know if you kit bash which is you have loads of different like different kits and you just like ram them together no like it's like you cut one bit of one and you say like oh that tank looks cool but i want like it to have legs to make it a spider tank so i'm going to get some stuff from the warhammer universe put them in and then as a turret i want it like an artillery turret but that doesn't fit in those kits so i'm going to get like a, a world war Two aa gunner and i'm going to put that on top of it and then make it and paint it that's called kit bashing so essentially are they it's like do I, then, do I then say I made that and I own the intellectual property that it is that new model even though I've done no 3D design I haven't done anything I've just cut things off different things and pasted it onto one no I don't I don't see that yeah. as me owning it in terms of like the intellectual uh, property not actually like if I own all three pieces then yeah yeah it's kind of like if you've paid for the license, it, it kind of like encroaches like sort of like NFT territory in that sense. Like you've paid for the license that what you generate, they are giving to you and saying, because it's private, we're giving you the only copy. So yeah, but there you own it. Yeah. The issue, the difference is with NFTs, originally NFTs, there was only one of them and they weren't created from, then it's like a, a sub yeah, no, subsidiary sure. of other artwork. I don't know. But yeah, is what it is. So I've just had a, an article pop up saying that companies are now exploring how to adapt chat GPT to negotiate with customer services and persuade humans to buy things. Yeah. I and like seen. some company has used it to like negotiate the prices on things already. Okay. Yeah. Like with real people and like they're driving the price down for the company. Yeah. So that they're making a large profit margin. So... It, I saw someone use it to like 
work out how he could set up a company from scratch. And it was just, it just did the, like the, how would you use yourself to like generate value? And it's like, how would you do that in a company? What sectors would you go into? What would you see as good? And then, and then essentially was like, oh, okay. So then what would you, how would you integrate yourself with this? And then how would you create a pipeline? Okay. Then what would you use for <laughs> like, uh, promotion? Uh, and then essentially from scratch wrote and built a company based out of yeah. like so crazy. so crazy that's madness really really cool yeah I don't, I don't think but we, like then yeah, yeah go for it no, no no I was going to change subject so you, if it's got a bit more go for it no it's, it's just more tangents I think so if you've uh, got something go for it uh, I was going to talk about I don't, if you want to move on I don't think we talked about like history of AI last week or different types because I, I found different types of AI not machine learning AI okay which yeah yeah also uh, strong on we I don't think we talked about that either which you know is always good to no so four different types oh there's several several different types of artificial intelligence uh, which are broadly and I say broadly because it's you know the fine knowledge it's one of those things broadly categorized based oh, yeah. on their their capabilities and tasks they are designed to perform some common types of ai include and i'll go on to them in a second but there's a very uh succinct way that i've got chat gbt to describe to me in like a very like simple terms the difference between strong and weak ai so okay strong artificial intelligence is also known as like general or full ai and it's the type of ai that is able to perform any intellectual task that a human being can it is able to think and to reason and can adapt to new situations and learn from experience um so strong ai is is often depicted in science fiction as like intelligent robots from like irobot or computers that are able to think right. and act like humans like hal from that movie um <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes can very much surpass human intelligence. And the weak AI, which is also known as narrow or limited AI, is AI that is designed to perform a specific task or set of tasks. And is not able to think or reason like a human. It's not, it's not capable of adapting to new situations. Like if you chucked it in, it just, you know, if it wasn't a swimming robot, it would drown. Uh, and weak AI okay. is often... It's like you are designed to move trains around efficiently. Yeah. But we cannot move you to like selecting You bread. are designed to pass me butter. That kind of... Yeah. That kind of good popular culture reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. You're good for practical applications, language translations, image recognitions, and decisions making. Now, the really good way of thinking about the difference between the two between strong and weak AI is to consider the difference between a hammer and a carpenter. So a hammer is a tool that is designed to perform a specific task, so driving nails, but is not capable of thinking or adapting to new situations. Whereas a carpenter, on the other hand, is a skilled craftsman who's able to think, reason, and adapt to new situations in order to complete a wide range of tasks. So okay, if you think, all, all so. that's got me thinking is actually in a terrifying way is that strong artificial intelligence is going to use weak artificial intelligence to, to, <laughs> to, do, some, to do some things in it. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I guess it's some um, specificity to generalization, right? Yeah. So one is... One but is does that make like a, the special, like, yeah. Well, it makes sense then if they're using one, one as a tool, right? Yeah. 
Like you wouldn't. There's there's yeah. reasons why you wouldn't use both. Like you're not going to use strong AI to be like, can you scan these shapes and tell me what they are? Yeah. No, it's pointless. Yeah, absolutely pointless. But going back to the different types of AI. So you've got reactive machines, limited memory, theory of mind, and self-aware. Those are the four different categories. So reactive machines, and these are the like the weak intelligence, so the, the simplest form of AIs that are designed to perform as a very specific task based on the inputs that they receive. So reactive machines do not have the ability to store or use past experiences to inform their actions. And they do not have any long-term goals or objectives, just like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a, like a personal development plan thing at work. It was like, I just want to survive the year, boss man. That's all I want. Like there was there was a there was a, an event that happened during the year, and I nearly died, and I'm still recovering a little bit. So that's let me just get past to 2023, and we'll, well, let's get to the end of the year. Yeah, we'll, let's we'll see the year we'll out, we'll see and the then go out. from there. <laughs> Rediscuss. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> That, that, do you know what? That's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you don't need more on your plate right now. No, no. Well, now, now I'm just chilling. I'm I'm big chill now till January the. Oh like yeah, the you're off, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm off work, so I'm just big chill. It's Christmas that's and New Year's, fair. which has social pressures and stresses, but that's that's a different kind of chillness. Um, yeah. And we've got limited memory. So these are AI systems that are able to use past experience to inform their current actions, but they do not have the ability to form long-term memories or goals. So examples of limited memory include like self-driving cars and robots that are able to navigate through the environments based on their past experience. So they're, they're, they're learning due to like, oh, this road goes here uh, and I need to react in this kind of way, but they're not like, you know, full. You've then got theory of mind and these ai systems are designed to be able to understand and simulate human thoughts and emotions they were they are able to understand and anticipate the needs and desires of others and can engage in social interactions in a natural and intuitive way so i would say this is probably like chat gbt levels maybe not the emotions i probably could like so um i don't know because chat gpt is not like to mimic a human mind, right? Oh. It's just to interact conversationally. Yeah, but if, if there's nothing that humans are like, what we are as communication is is it? That's how we evolved, and is like the cornerstone of everything that we do is communications. Yeah. Like, it's so like I've, I've just had some like emotional verification from ChatGPT. I I told it I'm feeling sad, and how can I feel better? And it was like. Feeling sad is natural and a normal emotion. I'm like, okay, I'm, I've had some sort of vindication. It's making me feel good. Uh, and it's it's not, It's telling me that it's normal to feel sad from time to time. If, if you're feeling sad, yeah. there's some things you can try to do to have yourself feel better. Oh, cheers. Last one, seek professional help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Remember, it's okay to feel sad from time to time. And it's normal and natural emotions. And with time and self-care... You'll likely begin to feel better. I mean, it's, it's. I'm asked it if it's a theory of mind AI, and it's saying uh, it doesn't have it in the same way that humans do. Okay. Oh no, it's, it's speaking about actual theory of mind. Okay. Um, it's not. I don't think oh, it understands really? the question. Um, it says I do not have personal experiences or emotions, and cannot truly understand or attribute mental states to myself or others in a way that a human can. I can provide information and insights based on my programming and training. So I think what you were saying about like a theory of mind AI that tries to mimic 
and like its purpose is to mimic the human experience, right? That is not chat AI's chat GPT's purpose. It's not the function. It has a very like its user interface is very human, right? Conversational. But its function is not to mimic. It's more of like a service. Hmm. It's not mimic, but it simulates. It's, uh, it's the difference. Okay. And that, and that well, sounds like I'm not, being super neat, nitpicky, but those, no, no, those are not. two like very... Yeah. So, but I, I, the function of chat GPT is not to simulate the human experience. It's to be like helpful to humans and approachable in a human way. Right, but it's not there. It's like basically, it's an, it's an information tool gatherer, right? It's not there to simulate what it's like to be a human. So that's what that's the only reason why I would put it. Yeah, in it's that just told me that it's not. So it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do not possess the ability of theory of mind, which is an ability to understand, anticipate the needs, the signs, and thoughts of others. Theory of mind is a complex cognitive ability that is unique to humans and some other animals. And it requires a level of self-awareness and consciousness that I do not possess. Yeah. So, uh, so it doesn't. And the last category is self-aware. And these are the most advanced forms of AI and are able to be self-aware and have a sense of their own consciousness, uh, which we is this full science fiction. We are not there yet. We don't have those. Oh, I was about to um, ask, like, are we there yet? When did no, we get there? No, we don't have those. Okay. Good. I'm glad we don't have those. Um, yeah, but, but very much there's though. like... As I said, Venn diagrams, there's very much overlaps between these. That Some are, could be reactive and limited. Some could be theory of mind. Like it, it, they're not one or the other. Oh, and 100%. This, like and I think like the... Free area. We have that, like these umbrella terms. We're like, okay, these are the categories they're in, but then someone could create a new one and then suddenly you have a new category. Yeah. Or someone could create one that's between the two because that best fits their mm-hmm. niche for whatever they want to do. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty wild crazy stuff um so i asked it what how generative ai especially was different to others like how can it use everyday language and did we cover this last week uh, i don't think so oh no i think we did so haha advertisement i remember i remember speaking about this last week go check that out because um, I find it really interesting, as we were just saying there, like how it's so easy to like interface with it. Yeah. So uh, as like a human, right? Because most things you're interacting with, like the core code or things like that. Um, but how generative AI differs, and it comes back to the function here, is that it's specifically designed to generate new data that is similar to existing data rather than to generate a specific task or function. Most other types of AI, such as supervised learning and unsupervised learning, uh, typically use trained models to perform specific tasks. Mm. One key difference is the way that the models are trained. So generative AI models are typically trained using unsupervised learning, in which the model is given a data set and then learns the patterns and characteristics of the data on its own without any explicit guidance or labels. In contrast, other types of AI models are typically trained using supervised learning, in which the model is provided with both the input data and the correct output, and then adjusts its internal parameters uh, accordingly. So essentially, all they've done for this chat AI is they've not taught it any information. All they've done is teach it how to understand language. Yeah. 
So one of the reasons that ChatGPT is able to generate text using everyday language is that it is trained on a large and diverse data set of text. This allows the model to learn the patterns and characteristics of natural language, including the rules of grammar and the relationship between words, and to use that knowledge to generate text that is similar to the text in the original data set. Mm -hmm. So it uses a powerful AI algorithm called a transformer, uh, which you covered last week. Basically, all it tries to do, and this is what I find a bit confusing, especially because of how powerful it seems. The only thing that chat GPT is trying to do is predict the next word in the sentence that it gives back. Yeah. And it's it's trying to do that in a way that's coherent to native speakers of the language that it is currently outputting. Mm -hmm. That's all it's doing. Yeah. But it's using information that it's stored up, you know, from 2019 and before that it has access to to kind of justify what it's saying. So all they've trained it to do is understand and speak, in our case, English. But then it's using that interface to access very specific information that you're requesting in its database. Yeah. Essentially. So, so they never made it smart or anything. No, they just no, made no. it understand it's like, language. Um, with Google Translate, they used to do that when they were trying to like would work out but then they were just like oh now we just use AI and we cut the code down to like 300 lines of code and that's it it, all, it goes away and uses some really clever things to predict what the next thing you possibly you could say or what you were looking for that must have been a satisfying <laughs> no as someone, as someone that's the job is to produce code awful 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 if someone if someone came it was, if it was a side project that someone came up and just, and just turned up and was like yeah okay so we got rid of all this and that was this you'd be like yes but if it, uh, I had this the other day, and I think I had about four, five hundred lines of code, and then I figured out how nested for loops work oh, in my head. yeah, mate, so good. And then I got it down to seventeen, yeah, lines of code, yeah. and I was like, I hate myself. The fact that but you thank didn't God, use it looks so loop, much nicer. Yeah, using nested loops to begin with is a sad, sad. I think it's I tried, and I couldn't. I just couldn't wrap my head around yeah. uh, the counting inside the counting. So I was like, okay, what I got to do is I got to type this out manually and see where I'm repeating the same lines of code and then go back and put it into a for loop. Yeah. Um, so that worked then. Uh, so I, th- I th- just need a bit more practice, I think, of starting for loops from the get-go without having to write everything out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we had a challenge when I was doing principles of programming and essentially it was the you had to get write a program that made like a a pyramid and then moved the pyramid from top to bottom. And the challenge, the super challenge was you had to do it on one line. Okay. To be as, and be as efficient as you could on one line of coding. Yeah. So like, then there's another one that was like the Mario puzzle, which is like a blocks and two blocks and three blocks and four blocks with a flag. And you had to get him up the thing. So, yeah. Oh, okay, with like one line of code. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and that because that, that, that like it was 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 to, to hammer in that you should use loops because because in in cybersecurity, if you're doing because we had to do a, a dictionary attack, essentially a brute force attack against the server, and if you didn't do a loop, you would have to write out each password you wanted to try manually. Oh, okay, so you just yeah. go. Um, 
A A A. Yeah. No. Well. You, well. No. Because that, so, so a dictionary B. attack is <laughs> you say open text file. Four lines in text file. Reads X, and then you would do the the little bit that does like the the socket connect. Use this as username. Use this as password. And then you right. would close the loop. So there'd be two nested loops. So the first is you open it, and then for the line in A, you just you try to connect. Essentially, that's how you do it. Okay. So we got how the loops were. It's essentially the first thing we had to learn. Yeah, for and they kind while. of told us to use it as well. <laughs> and we'd, I've we've been taught both for and while loops, but nested loops was kind of like yeah, nested loops things a get, bit more of a niche thing because you can do like um, end. Uh, yeah. And that'll end the loop. Or there's another one that ends both loops. Like end if. Yeah. If else. Or like I uh, built uh, one the other if, day that I found. I can't, I can never remember what it is. Is if else elif? Else if? It's three. Uh, I think the only ones I've come across using before are just like if y equals mm, end. Else, so start next loop. Uh, this is specific for Python. I want to say you have if, yeah, elf, and then elf, else. Okay. So I've never done loops and stuff in Python. Yeah, there's there's three different if statements because it's like if this do this, elf do uh, if this do this, if not do this, if not do this, and then end. Okay, just, oh, that's like, pretty good. Just like. It's yeah. not the CR is not too dissimilar to Python, yeah. but it does have like some uh, other things going on there. But yeah, I think I found uh, some loops that I'd made like a year ago for like fun analysis because mm-hmm. apparently that's what I, I used to do. Um, and I was just like, "What is going on here? There is like five loops inside a bigger <laughs> loop, and I don't know how I'm getting out of one and into the next one." I mean, it worked. And I got what I wanted, but I just didn't understand it. Yeah. So that's always funny. That's always funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're coming up to the hour. So is there anything you want to mention very quickly before we... Uh... Mm. There, there always is, but I will... I will is. just say that from uh, the IBM Deep Blue computer playing chess till now... It's only been twenty like twenty ish years. Oh yeah. So the, the, we the are rate on a technological. Coming, it was pretty boom. slow because the first time the concept was of artificial neural networks was written, it was in nineteen forty three. Yeah. And then the it, the artificial intelligence term was coined in nineteen fifty six. So that was like thirteen years later. And then another yeah. ten years, the first AI language was developed called Lisp. Um, so there was like 13 years and 10 years so you can see the pattern and it gets smaller then like in 8 further years the first expert system called uh, Dendril developed uh, and could make decisions based on a set of rules and then 8 years later so a year less um, XCON was developed which is the first commercially available and then a big old leap this time until Deep Blue was created and then it's like 1997 and 2006 iPhone series released then 2011 so five years later uh, IBM Watson defeats a human at Jeopardy yeah and then 2015 AlphaGo this was the big one because 
Google's DeepMind defeats a Go player, the Soldon. Oh, yeah, I remember which that. Which yeah. was such a, hard, really a massive cool. milestone because that, that's not just like chess. There's so many different tactical things you can do in Go. Things going on. Yeah, there, like yeah. there's so many different things going on. Um, that was a big thing. No, no news from them, though. And I know that generative AI has only been about since 2014. Yeah. And so that was what, eight years ago? And look where we are now. That was, was I think it's just an exponential now? thing. Now people are. Yeah, unfortunately. That was eight, nearly nine years ago. Jeez. So that's sad. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, we'll end the show there. That'll bring us to a wrap. Um, it's Christmas in one week, so I don't think we'll be doing an episode. Probably not. What do you reckon? I reckon, I reckon it's Probably on. Be... Okay. Wait. I've got to do some travelling. We'll we'll discuss this off <laughs> yeah. podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. So maybe we'll see you next week. Yeah. Maybe we'll not. Maybe it depends how if you've been on the naughty or nice list. <laughs> <laughs> oh we haven't done our spotify wrapped we need to we do that so i can embarrass well. myself yeah so maybe we'll come back with a music end of year wrap yeah, up we'll, thing. we'll do our, our own ones and then the the podcast because the podcast has got one yeah uh we'll do a science of the year episode maybe yeah science all right well, we'll catch you next week then so don't forget to share this with your friends families co-workers scientists so we can annoy them with our mistakes coders yeah. so they can happy uh, holidays it could be PC about it happy, happy holidays to everyone yeah. um, and then yeah if you want more information fun science you want to see me forget to upload both parts you can head on over to Twitter and TikTok at InfoEntropyPod Instagram InformationEntropyPod and of course we're on Spotify iTunes wherever you're listening to this right now ratings comments likes shares help us absolutely massively so yeah thanks very much yeah. We'll catch you guys on the flip. On the flippy flop. I was actually trying to like get ChatGPT to write an outro for us currently. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's fine. Thank you for tuning into the, the Information Entropy Podcast, where we've explored the world of science through the lens of comedy. We hope you had as much fun listening to our show as we had making it. And remember, science doesn't have to be serious all of the time. Sometimes it's okay to let your hair down and have a good laugh. Until next time, keep on laughing and learning. It's not bad. Why is that so good? It's not bad, is it? That's better than... That's... Alright, yeah, okay. Oh, I can't compete with that. Peace! Ciao now.